I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. G'day everyone. It is Friday, the Friday edition of The Call. Welcome back to our Brangaroo Studios where we are broadcasting live here on Ausbiz. You've tuned in for the Friday edition of The Call. Uh, Ten stops picked by you. I put them to our two experts. We do it all in one hour. I pick a stock of the day, uh, which we covered yesterday on the call, but you know, some really big news overnight concerning it. We'll get to that in a tick. Uh, let's uh, welcome the panel, Mark Gardner from MPC Markets. Good Mark, afternoon. Hey, good to see you. Happy Friday. Kevin Robinson from Team Invest joins us on the line as well. Kevin, Hello, how Christian. are you? I'm uh, very well. Yeah. Coffee because murder is wrong. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes. It's Words to live by, according yeah. to me. <laughs> I love it. And whenever we um, Zoom in or Skype in from a guest from uh, uh, offline, I love looking at their bookcase if they're in front of... I think a, <laughs> I think a bookcase tells you a lot about a person. Um, so uh, Scott Phillips from Motley Fool. Um, I'm just trying to look sideways at yours. What's your favourite book there? And don't say Conscious Investor. <laughs> I could say that. My my favourite varies over time. My, my daughter actually, she tells me I have ADHD and she found perfect evidence of it in my bookcase. Uh, you know, one, one piece of evidence is that you've got a number of books with bookmarks in that you haven't finished. <laughs> but she... She found one in particular that tells the story. The book is called Indistractable, and I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, that's a bit like uh, me with the Iliad. I feel as though I must read it because it's one of the great novels of all time. I don't think I ever got past page 100 in the 1,500 pages. It's, no, uh, Homer is very hard to, uh, to read, but it's one of those things that you think, oh, I've got to do it. All right. Bertrand Russell is in a similar position. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's take a look at the uh, stocks we're going to cover in the first half hour of the call this morning or this afternoon, rather. Uh, Ready Tech Somerset. Uh, I don't think either of those have come up on the call before. Sarah Resources, that certainly has. Uh, Dalrymple Bay Infrastructure certainly has. And Qualitas, I don't think, has either. So a couple of newbies there. Um, stock of the day. Now, we did cover it uh, yesterday. This is News Corp. But uh, Rupert Murdoch, uh, the founder of News Corp, the um, great, probably, I think, I know he's a controversial figure, uh, but the greatest Australian entrepreneur slash global business person, I reckon, this country's ever produced. I know you can love him or hate him, but what he's achieved is incredible. Uh, He is stepping down from his roles as chairman of News Corp and Fox Entertainment. Uh, Son Lachlan Murdoch is going to take over. Uh, Rupert's 92, Lachlan's 52. 
Uh, Rupert made the announcement uh, overnight saying the time was right, right for him, but his involvement with Daily News would not change, which um, he is a news hound uh, from way back, so he's still got to keep his finger in the pie by the sound of it. Um, Kevin, the stepping down of someone like Rupert Murdoch, does that change your view of News Corp? How significant is this for News Corp? And if you're a News Corp investor? I'm not, and most of our members in Team Invest would not be. It doesn't. It doesn't meet our filters. In terms of the significance, I mean, I think it's yet to be seen what happens, and I wonder if Lachlan is is concerned about the fact that Rupert's saying I'm still going to be hanging around. Effectively, you know, he's saying I'm still going to be there after hours on Friday, so you better not go home early, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> remains to be seen in that sense one of our in our businesses one of our key risks that we concern ourselves with is when uh, someone who is a founder steps down and it's not that we sell out at that stage but we we do keep looking at the business uh, and just sort of say okay just keep an eye on it and see how it goes in the case of News Corp, of course, the earnings per share hasn't, it, they've made a few losses in the last 10 years and, you know, the growth is not sort of as steady as we'd like. Um, and, uh, you know, their PE at the moment is 42 uh, by our by our measures and we, we look backwards on the PE, of course. Uh, and the return on equity is below our required uh, 10% and has been for a while. Uh, you're right. It has been quite a ride with uh, News Corp over the years, and he's certainly grown an enormous business. Um, I think I, my own thoughts are that it's it's a difficult period for them because it was established in the days when uh, broadcast media and newspapers were, you know, really really strong investments, and that's breaking down now. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what Lachlan does with it. Yeah, yeah. And it- it is interesting. So, so you wouldn't be investing there, um, Mark. To put him in, but he was the first into satellite TV, wasn't he? We, yeah. With Star in um, uh, throughout Asia, the bloke has been ahead of the curve. We talk about him being an old, old-style newspaper man. He's ninety-two. Uh, that's right. It's... But you know, the Fox network around yeah. the world is incredibly powerful. And let's not forget, he did create REA. And yeah, which the was, biggest shareholder in REA, which sometimes is worth more, more than yeah. the News Corp. So no, look, I mean, he's done some he's done some amazing things over time. And as you say, love him or hate him, he's yep. like he's been an innovator the whole way through. Yep. So I was actually pretty surprised to see the stock price up with him retiring. To be honest, yeah. so um, you know, he's I think they're they're managing that transition for what <laughs> De- yeah, long decade, time. two decades. Well, he is ninety two. Yeah. Ever since, I reckon the last 20 years. Yeah, just about. So Everyone's been saying, when's you going to finish? Yeah. When's you going to finish? So I can't imagine they're underprepared for yeah. that transition. Um, and look, it may it, it may well be a positive in the end. I mean, it, it, um, you know, he's obviously got some pretty strong opinions about things and, you yeah. know, they may, which which he may or may not be right right with, but they're looking at, um, I think News Corp as a company, they're looking at sort of monetizing some AI stuff as well. Mm. Um, I think the EU is even looking at, uh, you know, trying to regulate the AI and if you're, obviously, if these guys produce their own unique content because um, they've got journalists, et cetera, um, they're being royalties going back to media companies and things like that as well. Yeah. So that may benefit them. Um, you know, rising populations 
Ireland's always a great benefit to them as well. They're in, you know, as you said, very diversified, digital streaming, newspapers, REA, etc. Yeah. Um, look, for us, we, you know, these yields at the moment, obviously, um, ten-year yields were up about fifteen basis point last night. Yeah. Uh, two-year yields are nearly at like twenty-two-year highs, or they're sitting on twenty-two-year highs. So, anything with a high PE, we're tending to avoid at the moment. Um, yeah. And particularly with, you know, I, we're not a we're not a subscriber to the Goldilocks scenario or the soft landing. So, the, this business is pretty cyclical. So, yeah. it wouldn't be a wouldn't be a buy for us, but we certainly keep an eye on it. And, um, okay. Maybe around. I mean, I've got the US chart here, but I mean, probably yeah, somewhere somewhere in the high twenties, you might start to consider it again. But okay. um, but better be it'd be a bit of a wait and see, see how the transition goes, um, yep. and, and sort of try and pick it up at, at sort of decent value. Okay. So. Um, okay, that's covered. Let's. Can I follow up mm. with you on what? What's the bond market telling us? What's the bond market telling us about equities now and telling investors about equities? Um, Look, I mean, we've got, whilst the the Fed's not raising, I mean, we've got 10-year bond yields and we've got a Bank of Japan meeting today at some stage as well. So, and that really pushed up long-term yields because they're they're the laggards really, but... um, So so the Fed didn't put up interest rates, but like our Reserve Bank, they're jawboning to scare the living daylights out of us to say, Hey, keep it on hold at the moment. But if the economy turns out of favour against us, mm. we will be on it in a flash, and rate rises will come back. Exactly right. So, and you, yeah, about four and a half. So they're playing with our mind. They are playing with our minds a little bit, but I, I, I think that they're right in a way. Like, we need to normalise rates. Inflation is starting to show, and obviously, oil price going back up to. I think Brent was at ninety five the other day. So, we'll have inflation push through. There's usually a second wave of inflation with wages as well. You've got. Um, Property is actually sort of grinding a little bit higher in the US, and so the cost of shelter, yeah. which will push inflation up. So, the two-year yield at the moment, where it is around five point one five ish. I mean, if it busts through there, we're, we're talking it hasn't been there since two thousand, basically. So, um, yeah, it just, we're telling the equity market that don't don't be buying stuff with massively high PEs, expecting there to be right. a lot of growth. Um, and look, even if there is, I think the investors have been rejoicing in the fact that. You know, we may see rate cuts next year. If we see rate cuts next year, it won't be you won't be rejoicing it. It'll be for the, all the wrong reasons right. because it'll be a, a, a sharp downturn in the economy. So, um, you know, I, I think long term, we're still not in the in the scheme of things. This is sort of normal for the last mm. sort of fifty odd or well, forty odd years. Yeah. So, it um, and we and we do have to get back to normal. Um, but you know, high super high growth stocks um, with massively high PEs are going to be are really going to suffer because we're just not going to have that, right. you know, okay. it's unlikely to have that economic growth. So bond markets are saying be wary. Be very cautious. And look, the good thing about higher interest rates is higher interest rates. You can get great income at the moment. In, yeah, 5%. In, well, you, get, you know, BHYB, including franking credits, 7.3, and it's an A-rated uh, ETF of banking yeah. hybrids. So, you um, you know, that's that's not bad to sit on the sidelines no. for the moment. No, okay. All right, good explanation. Uh, let's get into the stocks that you want us to uh, cut our eye over and Kevin Kim wants a view on ReadyTech. This is a software provider uh, for the education sector basically. It's a bit of HR uh, enterprise software isn't it? Um, uh, offices in Australia, New Zealand and the UK. Uh, how does ReadyTech stack up for Kim? 
I uh, yeah, it's not really one that passes our filters, as you can imagine. It's uh, it's got uh, it doesn't have the full ten years of history. It's got short histories, so we can see. Um, and also the uh, earnings per share uh, growth is not stable. You know, we like a nice stable earnings per share growth. Um, PE at fifty nine, we make it uh, according to our calculations. Is oh. uh, just like Mark was saying, it, it's very high. Um, particularly for that sort of company. Um, and, uh, yeah, the debt is fine. That fits with our filters, so the debt would be okay. It would be one to wait and see how it does, see if it settles down over time. Um, the It's been issuing shares, so the, the shares on issue have been growing, uh, presumably, and I, I don't know a huge amount of this about this company, obviously, um, but presumably because they've been raising capital, um, which is not something that we like as a as a matter of habit. It depends on why they raise capital. So, yeah, it wouldn't be one that we would be looking at at this stage. Mm. Mark, what do you reckon? Is it worth looking at? They get a lot of their revenue out of the education sector. Yeah, education. And um, universities. Yeah, education, workforce solutions, yep. et cetera. So, um, so, yeah, look, it's been it's been sort of touted as, the you know, maybe the next technology one. Um, right. But look, it's a long way off. I think um, you know. And Gee, that's a big call, isn't it? Well, <laughs> look, they, I think they were they were Rudy's words, I believe. Right. Um, oh, okay. I, but uh, well, I think he pre- he, he, he prefaced it with what I'm about to say is, is it's a long way off yeah. technology one. Um, but look, I mean, things are improving. The analysts seem to like it. The analyst consensus price targets are 20% above here at the moment. But this is exactly the sort of business that you know, if the market does turn sour, if we do have a, a brief um, a brief spike in bond yields, companies that aren't paying dividends and uh, are sitting at you know really elevated PEs are going to be the ones that are probably going to lack any sort of support on the bid side. Right. So this would be something that I would probably wait and see. Um, I agree. Um, I agree with Kevin. And just, you know, you may end up getting this at quite a cheap price and and, and then maybe holding it long term. So, um, so yeah, it's yeah, probably not stable enough now as it is. But, look, it um, there's been interest from uh, private equity in this as well. So, yeah, okay. um, yeah so I'd be, I'd be probably buying dips in this rather than, right. yeah. If, you, if you're in it, do you hold it? Um, if you're in it, look, it depends on why you're in it, I suppose. Um, right. I think if you're in it, you'll probably wear some pain. So it, right. it'll depend, okay. on your, uh, depend on your pain tolerance, I suppose. But, okay. um, but yeah, if the, if the broader market starts to pull back, I mean, it, it's, it, yeah, stocks that don't make money, don't, don't pay a dividend and have very high PEs are going to be hardest hit. So just be wary of that. And um, you, may be, you may want to lighten maybe and try to pick them up. Lower if you okay. if you're an active investor. All right. Uh, next stock, Peter wants a view mark on Somerset. It's um, basically uh, operates retirement villages in New Zealand. Gets uh, big subsidies from the New Zealand government for uh, for aged care. Uh, and the like. Um, what do you think of Somerset? I think they've rolled out quite a bit in Victoria and things as well. Right, okay. So um, they are expanding. Um, they're on a really low PE. Um, they've, they've been a pretty solid business overall over, um, over the last few years. And I think there's a pipeline of, um, of projects sort of coming to fruition at the moment, which is, you know, pretty handy timing overall. Um, it's one that I guess, you know, it's... 
we've got an aging population. Which I don't, don't think that's the right I graph. Don't. I think we've got a, uh, a gremlin uh, <laughs> in the system there with a graph. People talk about a graph going from uh, left to right, but uh, yeah, no, it Carl, doesn't go like I'd that. I'd be interested <laughs> to know what Carl Kapalinga says about that yeah, one. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's ground lower. So the PE is quite, you know, PE is around about eight at the moment. So, and um, and I think it's got a res- relatively decent dividend. Um, so f- yeah, for us, it'd be a hold. Um, right. Yeah, in um, potentially looking at, um, Looking at maybe topping up at the next, um, you know, when we get next earnings report and things, right. just to see how the sales go for the um, for these developments that are sort of coming, you know, going on the market now. So, but they've got, um, you know, it's the the books are a little bit, the waters are a little bit muddied on the books because they've obviously done the, the capex investment up front, right? And they're starting to get their sales now. So, I think we'll probably see the results probably be, you know, will be fairly good over the next few years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's de- a definite hold. If erring towards um, erring towards a buy. Okay. Um, what do you think, Kevin? Well, it, yeah, I, I, I agree with Mark. Although our, our calculation of PE is that it's around twenty seven. Now we don't we don't look at uh, analyst projections. We only look at the PE as it has been up till now. Uh, so that may be a difference there. Um, in terms of the other things, yes, I agree. The sales are looking really good. They're growing, and the stability of growth of sales is really good. But the uh, earnings stability is not what we would like to see. Um, it's not quite out of our um, our range, our filter range, um, but it's not not quite you know excellent, if you like. Uh, the th- two things that would knock it out for us: the return on equity and return on capital are below our ten uh, percent requirement. They're about three point five and two point three, respectively. Respectively. Um, it's. I think retirement villages are a difficult business because uh, you've got a lot of regulation, a lot of oversight by government and so forth. Uh, but it, it would be interesting to see how they go, see if they stabilise their earnings a bit, bit more. Um, their debt's fine as far as we're concerned. Um, so I mean, in, in I think if you if someone was in it, I would say hold. But I wouldn't yep. personally. I wouldn't be buying it now. It is really interesting because the thematic of aged care retirement villages, you go, oh, ageing population, da da da. Mm. Although in Australia, we're not an ageing population because of migration coming in. Um, But uh, very few of them seem to do well. It's investors are impatient. So right. this is the sort of, I mean, they, these would be the sort of things where like infrastructure plays, et cetera, where you right. know, private equity ends up picking them up because yeah. they just trade at a discount because you know, investors see the Magnificent Seven rally you know, double over three months and go, oh, I'm missing out. But, right. you know, these these sorts of stable long-term businesses are, um, you know, get left behind um, right. and and they tend to just drop, fall away. So, yeah. but they'll, um, and as I say, there's a lot of capex up front, you know, building the yeah. villages and and then you and then you get your sales later on. Yeah, so. market loses interest. Um, uh, Kevin Aiden wants a view on Sira Resources, uh, Australian-based company, but a graphite graphite mine in Mozambique, and of course graphite goes into EVs and uh, uh, lithium batteries, uh, and they've also got a processing plant in Louisiana in the US as well to uh, uh, to process the graphite. What do you think of Sira? Well, I, I was looking at this one, um, and there are two things that our team invest members would like about this business. Uh, it's got 10 years of history, uh, and they seem to have their debt under control. Right. Other than that, 
I have to say profit. They haven't made a profit in our 10 years of, uh, of records that we've got as a listed company there. So, And their losses got quite large for a while. And if you look at the... Uh, if you look at their uh, list, their um, shares on issue, they've been growing nicely and <laughs> growing in a very stable way. <laughs> right. We'd like to see that on the earnings per share growth, that kind of graph, but uh, not on the uh, shares on issue. So uh, I think they've been, you know, tapping the shareholders for more money. Well, I, I do like the fact that they are um, adding value to their mining operations. Um, I, I would like, personally, I would like to see more of that in Australian uh, miners. You know, let's add some value to what we dig out and send off overseas. Um, so I, I admire them for that. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to, I'd like to see them bring it all into profit. Okay. So that's, uh, I wouldn't buy it now. Right. Um, Mark, look at that graph. Sort of anything to do with lithium and EVs and batteries. This group mines graphite, SMO, yep. big, so there's a bit of sovereign risk. Processing plant in the US feeding yeah. into this. Then you look at that share price, that graph, yeah. you know, $2.60 down to 47 cents, and you go, what the hell's going on? Even even the quality lithium miners like Pilbara have absolutely yeah. been copying it. But um, we should not, not to that extent. No, no, of course not to that extent. But I mean, different quality businesses. Right, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, look, I, I agree. The sort of debt's under control. I think they're doing. But they're one of the very few ex-China natural graphite plays, um, yeah. and you know, they're further along. They're, one of our favourites in this sector is one uh, BlackRock Mining, which is in um, Tanzania, which will come online probably in the next twelve months. Oh. Um, which is because they've got uh, hydro uh, electricity there. It'll be the, one of the greenest mines. Um, Globally, and its you know cost of production will be significantly less than um, than Sarah's. So we're right. you know they're um, you know. So I, you you like that as I, I like graphite as I, yeah as an as an alternative, but you would it's it's probably a little bit higher risk, but it's about a thirty one year mine life, and right. Costco's you know got a lot of good forward agreements with it. So um, these guys I don't mind, and obviously the graphite play and the battery play. Whilst there is a fair bit of pain here at the moment, I mean look if you haven't got them on. I think it'd, you'd be dollar averaging, um, you know, for better times because the long-term play for these things is the, the, mm. the, the demand will be there. So you'd be buying Sarah here? Um, I would be. I'd be starting dollar average in, in high-quality right. graphite miners, okay. lithium miners, etc. So um, yeah, and, and more more producers rather than necessarily right. explorers. We're very very picky in explorers, and our allocation size would be a hell of a lot smaller. But there's more graphite in a lithium battery than there is lithium. It's yeah. like fifty odd percent. So yeah. and the natural graphite actually holds the energy a lot better. So you can make yeah. synthetic graphite, but it doesn't hold. It's not as dense. It doesn't hold the energy anywhere near okay. as well. So um, and obviously can be used for other things. So right. um, yeah, these go and and I think they've got. Um, it's the first vertically integrated natural graphite supplier outside of China in the world. Yeah. So, so the processing is important. Yeah, which makes it extraordinarily attractive because people, particularly the Teslas of the world, etc., are even going away from rare earths because they can't lock down their supply chains and things like that. Mm. So being ex-China in this space is a, is a massive plus and usually it, it sort of gives you a premium rather than a rather than a discount. Yeah. But at the moment, we're just it's just out of, it, yeah, it, it's out of favour. Um, so you'd start to nibble? I would start yeah. to nibble in, in, in that battery mineral sector, in the producers. Prefer BlackRock? 
they're not in production yet, so okay. It, so Sarah um, would be. That. Yeah, I definitely will prefer BlackRock once they're you know once they're up and running in production. Um, yeah, but Sarah's fine as well. They are in production. I think you just start dollar averaging over a period of time. But BlackRock's close to. Well, produce. it's about twelve months away. Right, but, okay. but the setup is um, they're, mm. they're set up in the forward okay. agreements they've got and the, the length of the mine life. Um, right. the, the, it's a very small um, cost of production okay. as well. The margins are very high. So. Saw a report last week that Toyota has um, uh, developed an EV battery with a 1400k Yes, I saw uh, that as well. Which, yeah, that's a that's a game changer. Absolutely, for, uh, yeah. EV vehicles. Yeah, and which and I and I can't really see it probably extending more than that. But I mean, fourteen hundred k's, you no, probably no. don't need to. To no, be honest, you can't so, get that on a take a petrol. Yeah, which which may actually hydrogen. The reason they were chasing hydrogen was because it was obviously a hell of a lot lighter, and you probably would get a hell of a lot more range. range. Um, but that 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 shift in efficiency, which is almost triple what the the average battery yes. is now. Yeah. Um, you actually start to see. You would actually might even start to see that that battery technology be rolled out to sort of heavy vehicles and things because the it was the efficiency the was always the issue. The batteries have always been mm. uh, the legacy part of this whole EV story, has it? Yeah, there is a lot to go, a lot more to go with the energy transition over the yeah, next 10, year, 10 to 20 years, and yeah. you're going to have to be agile just in case. Yep, absolutely. Uh, let's go to our next stock, and uh, Alan wants a view, Kevin, on Dalrymple Bay infrastructure. Of course, it, it runs the port at Dal, Dalrymple Bay uh, and Hague Point in Queensland, which is where all of the Queensland coal gets shipped out of, exported out of, uh, around the world. What do you think of Dalrymple? Going from uh, graphite to coal, we're staying <laughs> with carbon there. Um, yeah, it's, well, it, it doesn't have the history for us. Obviously, it's only been uh, listed for a few years. Um, so, yeah, we wouldn't be looking at it at this stage. Coal is interesting. Uh, you know, people talk about coal uh, going, you know, the world going away from coal, which it is, and particularly thermal coal, or at least it's trying to. Um, uh, but uh, And a lot of their coal is uh, the metallurgical coal, the high-quality mm. coal. So mm. I think that will probably stay around for quite a while. So, well, th- uh, this is st- steel mill coal, isn't mm. it, whereas yes. thermal is uh, power plant coal. Yes, that's right. Exactly, exactly. The metallurgical coal is for steel mills. And although uh, I think there are attempts to make steel mills uh, not reliant on coal using other things like electricity and so forth, uh, it, it, they're not there yet, and mm. uh, and you know I think steel using high quality coal for steel is going to be around for a while. Uh, yeah, the only problem is it hasn't uh, made sort of serious profits or profit growth, and it's only got a few years. So for us, uh, it wouldn't be uh, something that we would look at at this stage. It's only got you know we've got it down as three years of history. It's also got a lot of debt. Uh, we make it 183 percent mm. uh, debt to equity. Um, so it wouldn't matter, meet our filters there. Although we do have uh, the earnings growth over the few years that it's there at 177% per annum. So, you know, hopefully they can keep that up for a little while. They won't be able to keep that up forever. Um, yeah, it's all the Bowen yeah. Basin coal, as yeah. you say, all the coal from uh, Queensland coming through. So perhaps if they settle down in years to come, it might be something that will come up on our radar. Mm, okay. 
Mark, what do you think? Um, given the thirst from uh, super funds into uh, into infrastructure, mm. you, you would think that uh, this could be on the target as well. Yeah, I would imagine. I don't, I don't really have a problem with the debt because obviously infrastructure projects need debt to get off All the ground debt. and then yeah. it, you get paid out over time. So and have um, that, that unusual accounting treatment of debt in infrastructure, yeah, like with so toll roads and the like. They've got like a 99-year lease um, and I think their, debt, their debt's locked in um, I believe until 2026 at least. Um, so yeah, and 72% is metallurgical coal. Look, you can't you can't build windmills, wind turbines without steel. You yeah. can't build a lot of the infrastructure you're going to need for the energy transition without steel. So metallurgical coal will probably just will remain quite a bit. I, I think the market. Um, is writing off coal probably a good five to ten years too early to mm. be honest we've been um we've been happily buying and taking the dividends in the likes of yan coal whitehaven etc um well new hope new hope had a bumper report well they, yeah earlier I mean, this week i mean even with the even with the drop in coal prices over the last um six to eight yeah. months i mean yan coal still paid 7.2 percent for six months yeah. fully franked and it's a 1.6 pe yeah, so look it's um for us it's just we look, we will tend to manage a basket of energy and then at the moment we're still happy to hold coal and fossil fuels and we'll obviously transition that to renewables over time as, as you know as some of the newer stuff becomes commercially viable yeah. so we sort of try and cycle the dividends from the coal and oil um coal and oil stocks we hold yep. into into the renewables and uh, try to manage it that way um but yeah this one it's probably a little bit high for us at the moment um I think because it doesn't have that history, we just want yep. to see, um, and the PE is about 14, but they yield about 7%, um, expecting flat growth next year after that sort of surge. So yeah, I'd, I'd be a hold. If you've had it, you've had a pretty good year so far. I think it rallied from 235 okay. to, to 280. Yeah. Um, I'd probably I'd probably be holding onto them, but um, yeah, if it dipped back down, if it dipped back down at some stage, um, that infrastructure is going to be, you know, players are going to be pretty safe and yielding okay. quite nicely, so. All right. Uh, our this fifth stock. Uh, sorry, Kevin. Oh yeah, sorry. This is one of those picks and shovels companies. If you don't want direct uh, mm. exposure to mining, you might want to have a look at this. Yeah. You know, down the track. Yeah, a bit like APA is up with the, uh, with yeah. the gas pipelines and things. And like they're indexed that. to inflation. All their costs are indexed to inflation. Their shipping okay. costs, etc., as well. So they'll maintain their margins. So there's right. it's, it's a lot of reasons to be. It's fairly mm. safe. Okay. And, if, and look, if we do start to see the market turn. People will probably flock to that sort of safety. So, okay, defensive stock. Mm. Uh, Fit stock, uh, Michelle wants a view, Mark, on Circo, another uh, software company, but this is for the corporate travel and expense management market. That it's go- the company has a deal with Booking.com, which mm-hmm. a lot of people would know about as well. Um, what do you think of Circo? Yeah, I like the business. I like the software. Um, they are burning capital and they've never really made money in this sort of sector. Oh, sorry, not Circo. Uh, oh, uh, Qualitas. Qualitas. Yeah, I think Circo is next. Yeah, anyway, yeah. But, Qualitas, um, sorry, which is uh, uh, private credit and equity across uh, commercial real estate. Sorry. Yeah. Cer- Circo coming up, my, my mistake. Qualitas <laughs> first. Yeah, so they sort of sell themselves a bit of an asset, alternative asset manager in real estate. They listed not too long ago, 2022 or maybe late 2021, um, $7.5 billion under management, so it's, which is quite, you know, which, that's quite lumpy. And they've got a pretty experienced team. Um, the analysts seem to really love this one. The pre, um, consensus price targets are 30% higher. Mm. Um, 
So yeah, it's three three and a half percent yield, and PE is relatively high. But obviously, being a fairly new business, you're probably yep. relatively comfortable with that. Um, yeah, look, if 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 you're comfortable taking growth, uh, we're taking on, on growth sort of stocks in real estate at the moment. Then these guys look like they do a fairly good job, um, and you know, and I and I dare say the um, they'll continue to do well because they're probably just small right. enough that they can be agile, right. as opposed to a behemoth where you know if the whole property sector turns, you know. Yep. Um, yeah, there's not much you can do about it when you're the size of mm. Goodman's and CIP and things, yeah, yeah. but these guys might be able to be a little bit agile as well. So, um, but yeah, look, it'd, it'd be a hold for me. Um, I wouldn't be necessarily buying here, yeah. but there, there is a lot of enthusiasm around the stocks. Mm. It's just not for us at the moment. We'd be, we're, we're very much defensive and we're focused on industrial real estate. So, okay. uh, but I didn't really, you know, if I was going to wade back into the waters of commercial real estate, it's probably not, it's not a bad option. Not a bad step. Okay. Kevin? Uh, short history for you. Yeah, oh yeah. It's only we've only got one full year of history, so yeah, yeah. You're right. It wouldn't be one for our team invest members. Um, maybe as the years go on, uh, we make we make the P at thirty. So yes, I agree with Mark. It's very high, particularly for that sort of history. Return on equity and return on capital is lower than our requirements as well. Um, so uh, yeah. I mean, there's not much more I can add, really. Okay. All right. Not for you. All right. This half hour, uh, we're going to be taking a look at Circo, which I, uh, which I um, preview sort of previewed um, incorrectly. You're keeping us on our toes. Yes, Russia. exactly. It better be good. Uh, Ramsey Healthcare, uh, Virgin Money, and also Worley. We've got JB Hi-Fi in there as well. All right, Mark, we we previewed Circo <laughs> slightly, uh, the travel management, uh, corporate travel and expense management software. Yeah, which, like I said, it, I, I, like, I like the software. It's early stage for this business. Um, it's not going to be cash flow neutral till 2025 right. is the expectations. Um, it's, too, it's too early stage for us, but I've had this one on the call before. It's the sort of thing that I, you know, Corporate travel's got quite a quite a decent balance sheet at the moment. It'd be the sort of thing I, you know, it might be a takeover target for someone mm. like them. Um, I think because at the moment they are burning capital and they've never really made money, but they're but they're doing the right things. They've, they've massively increased. Uh, there was a, that rally back there in um, in sort of May June. Um, they they massively increased the conversions of their uh, of their booking dot com uh, right. relationship as well. So, but yeah, we're in in this space at the moment. It's pretty much we've got a um, small allocation of corporate travels. The only thing we've got in the space, um, yeah. And this is this is the sort of thing that we probably just we're very much wait and see on. Um, but I think it's got a it's got a pretty bright future overall. Mm. It, uh, the the product receives um, overwhelmingly good reviews online as well. Yep. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, from from a financial standpoint, this again, it'd be one of these ones where we don't, you know, it'll it'll there'll be a lack of bid bid support on the way down if we if, if you know we have bond yields sort of start to go higher. So, okay. um, it's not really an area we're playing in at the moment. Okay. All right. Um, Kevin, what do you think? You talked about Dalrymple Bay as sort of the picks and shovel version for resources. This is a similar thing for for the travel industry, is it? The uh, this is the, the engine that 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 drives the the travel agencies behind them. Yeah, sort of the platform that, yeah. that they they use and they use to drive it. 
Um, yeah, I mean, obviously for us, it hasn't made a profit and it's got a short history. And I, I agree with Mark, maybe someone like corporate travel would uh, buy it at some stage, perhaps. Um, and or, you know, we'll see see how they go with that. Uh, in, in that space, our preference obviously would be something like corporate travel or flight centre. We've followed both of those for a long time. And because of COVID, neither of those actually pass our filters now. Right. Um, but leading right. up to COVID, both of them were quite good, strong companies with good growth. So a number of our team invest members own them already. Um, this one, yeah, you know, it doesn't have the profit. Uh, the sales were down. It got hit by COVID by the look of it, uh, same as anyone else in the travel industry, basically, during those periods. And it appears to be coming, bringing itself out. Uh, so, yeah, we would see okay. see what happens down the track. Uh, the, bi- the big warning of those travel companies listed like like uh, Flight Centre and corporate travel, particularly Flight Centre, um, it's capitalised now at about the same level it was pre-pandemic, even though the share price is half because they, they had to issue, uh, raise so much money to keep afloat. And I think that's, uh, that's, a, that's a gap that a lot of investors aren't understanding. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. And particularly with Flight Centre, as you say, um, now corporate travel negotiated the downturn better than Flight Centre. It had some significant advantages because it doesn't have the bricks and mortar that uh, Flight Centre had. And I gather Flight Centre is is rationalising some of that. But going into the pandemic, uh, of course, corporate travel didn't have that bricks and mortar, that fixed fixed assets that they had to keep going. Um, so they could they could shrink their costs a lot better, and they took advantage of it by buying that business in the in the states. So they didn't raise capital to survive; they raised capital to for a, an opportunistic investment uh, in another mm. business. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting difference. Yeah, it? look, if the viewers just want to go and have a look, you can. Uh, there's quite a few of the charting softwares. Um, TradingView, for instance, can do uh, can chart in market cap. Right. So that's what with those, particularly with those COVID-affected businesses, we tend to chart um, in market cap uh, instead of uh, instead of price. It just make it just makes it a little bit simpler. Yep. Because yep. I think you'll find Webjet's thirty percent higher than its record high if you're charting in market cap. Yeah. But it's not obviously in price, so it yep. uh, it's a, that's a really easy way to and, to and make, help it make sense. So they're not producing the earnings they did pre-pandemic at the moment, are they? You know. Exactly, but corporate travel is different. It didn't. It 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 was pretty. It, yeah, as Kevin said, is um, you know they were they were pretty lean. They, yeah. Their business should be genuinely bigger. I'm 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 a little bit mm. um, got a funny thing with their accounting that that a lot of in, um, funds don't like with corporate travel, but I, they they seem incredibly cheap mm. to me at the moment. They've just yeah. got a 1.6 billion pound sterling deal with the UK government. They've got all of the Australian government. Uh, right. Travel as well. Their wow. uh, their revenues will be shooting you know through the roof for the next okay. you know two years. They're both I think they're three and five year contracts. So it wow. um, yeah that's a so yeah. corporate travel. Oh absolutely yeah. yeah yeah okay. All right, Zoe wants to view Kevin on JB Hi-Fi, the uh, the Australian retailer, which um, I think earns more more revenue per square meter of store than any other retailer in the world. It's something extraordinary. It is, it's quite amazing. Uh, now, be, be honest, Koshi, you put this one in here today just for me, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. This is one, as you know, that we've been following for yes, a long time. long time. And, and it's, a, it's a funny thing because I remember years ago when we were following it, uh, some of our team invest members were saying, 
um, oh, but it's going to hit limits to growth. It's not going to be able to grow anymore soon, and it just seems to keep going. Mm. Um, and as you say, they, they they manage their costs and their cost per square meter really, really well. Uh, and they've uh, in the last few years, of course, they bought the good guys, which is a it's a retail business and it's a it's a different retail business. So yeah. in a way, it's kind of complementary. They're, they're you know, slightly different profiles as to what they sell and how they react to things like downturns and so forth. So it'll be interesting. And and uh, the good guys has a lower margin than the JB Hi-Fi business, um, but it's been run very well and it's been integrated very well. Yeah, good guys have a big finance book too, don't they? That's one yes, of their secrets. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yep, you can, you can buy your fridge and your washing machine and whatever else and, and get it on finance there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. And of course, um, Stephen Goddard is the chair. He's also involved with Accent Group and Nick Scully, who are also excellent retailers. Mm. Uh, and Terry Smart's the CEO. He's very good as well. One, one of my one of the things I like doing is when I go through my local shopping centre because I'm also an owner in Nick Scully and Accent Group, and particularly Accent Group. You look at the brands. And I go through and I say, this one's ours, that one's ours, that one's not, this one is. <laughs> and my wife always says to me, yes, you said that last time, Kevin. <laughs> so uh, I don't think she's quite as excited about it as I am. <laughs> I, I always enjoy it. I think you have to enjoy investing. Yeah. But, yes, this is, one, this is one that at the moment it shows up really well on our, um, on our uh, filters. And we make the PE at about nine and a half thereabouts so it's still under 10 even though it's come up a little bit in the last uh, in the last few weeks in the last few months um, so yeah it's still for us going cheap right still a buy still it would be a buy for me yes for okay sure. all right let's go to the bear here yeah uh, who's a very bearish outlook on the economy no soft landing for mark got to be a hard landing Will JB Hi-Fi be able to stand up to that? Well, we don't hold any consumer discretionary at the moment, so right. that's an indication. Um, it's high on our list in terms of we, yeah. we tend to set a shopping list for um, for downturns for clients. So, we, you know, we pre-plan if there is a dip yeah. and, and West Farmers, JB and Nick Scarley are um, the, the three. Basically the first three you'd buy. Right. I, mean, and fa- I mean, obviously Nick Scarley being founder-led, West Farmers is just a beast yeah. um, and just seems to... Um, and look, we... A bit smarted a little bit this earnings season, missing out. But I just, you know, I've been sort of reminding um, clients to, you know, don't don't fall victim to FOMO. We didn't yeah. buy them before. Don't buy them yeah. now. And they've got um, Australia's biggest lithium mine. I, yeah, West farmers and, too. But well, they had, had no men, one looks at eight divisions, and all eight of them improved. Yeah, it's you know, so they're just super high quality. But it's um. Yeah, we're just, as I say, we're, we're pretty defensive at the moment we're, and we're sort of small sitting in, which has been quite opportunistic as well. Right. We're trying to buy healthcare, trying to buy, uh, you know, consumer defensive, which have been really under the pump, which we're getting quite, you know, way cheaper than we would normally anyway. So, um, and we'll go and revisit these when we when we get yep. uh, when we get a little but bit more clarity now. around the economy. But yeah, but what, what I would say to the viewers is like, you know, that shopping list exercise is a really good thing to do. It's, you know, you don't have to hold quality companies all the time yep. if you, you can and, you know, you can either trim out of some, um, knowing that the economic cycle was probably not you're going to be swimming against okay. the tide, and just and find yourself a point where you want to buy them and and stick to your plan, and that usually works out quite your well. Your best consumer defensive stock. Um, we've got a we've got a bit of an ag basket on at the moment, um, which is oh. sort of grain corp elders, elders, but also with Duxton Water oh, in case okay. to hedge against El Nino, okay. um, and Duxton Water's rallied quite significantly, and the other two have sort of held fairly stable, but. Um, mm. 
uh, and we've got Ventia Services, which is an industrial, yeah, but yeah. it's um, you know it just it's all the things that we can't do without. It yeah. uh, maintains a lot of you know defence grounds okay. and roads and things. So, so the um, the more positive outlook on retail is the five hundred thousand new migrants coming this year. Absolutely, and the yeah. three hundred thousand next year, and the three hundred thousand the year out. Yeah. So look, and then and. As I say, we might we may not get them cheaper, but we we we're right. happy to be patient and maybe you know pay a slightly higher price for for being sure that the economy is not going to you know okay. that these bond yields aren't going to hurt um, okay. the consumers. So it, uh, it, it and it's only an opportunity cost yeah. realistically. So and you can get and as I say, you can get really good returns in fixed income at the moment. Yeah. So it's not like right. ten years ago where you got nothing yeah. in the, in the bank. You can get a good five and a half percent now. So so you're one. Uh, you were saying though that you're looking at healthcare, yeah, uh, rather than retail. Jamie wants to know: Is Ramsey Healthcare one of those that you get into? Ramsey, a lot of debt, and they've got a lot of, and they're really struggling with their margins at the moment. Um, People so may not understand how big Ramsey is. They're huge. It is yeah. a global private hospital mm. empire, isn't it? It is uh, France, UK, US here. It's massive. Yeah. So, but with um. Obviously, the wage costs is going to be the thing. Right. Uh, I think with these guys, we look. I, I we recently switched out of Ramsey into um, as, as recent as sort of last week right, into sort of ResMed. Um, right. CSL. We're that, we're still to ResMed. Uh, came up earlier in the week of uh, Fisher and Paykel versus ResMed was the uh, was the uh, question put to the panel, mm-hmm. and both of them, uh, Howard Coleman. Uh, and Andrew Wyland um, said, hey, hold, hold on, Fisher and Bigel, buy ResMed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, they're both good companies. Um, yeah. But ResMed, you know, it's just getting it's getting really hit at the moment. So Look at Ramsey, a five-year low almost. Yeah, but I, I, it's more of an opportunity cost proposition for us because... I think ResMed will will come out of this come out of this sort of down you know this down move a lot faster. Um, yeah. And you, I don't think I can't remember a time you've ever been. I'll be I'll be able to buy ResMed below forty p, let alone yeah. under seventeen or something or whatever yeah. it is now. So, and the and look this weight loss drug or whatever it is. Olympic. Yeah. yeah. The um, it's nowhere near as threatening. People can't get their hands on it. it yeah. It's you know even diabetics can't get their hands on it. So. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near. Okay. But but as far as Ramsey goes, it, it will. I think it'll probably go sideways for quite a period of time, and it doesn't yield enough. Okay. And it's high. It's got high debt, and potentially an, another shift in of wages, of wage okay. uplift. So, but right. I, I, we, I do like the company, um, but I, I want to be a little bit more patient. Okay. So no Resmed, uh, no, no Ramsey into Resmed or CSL. Uh, problem is, most of us are overweight. <laughs> CSL and don't want to buy anymore. 52 week lows today, apparently. Oh, I know. Ridiculous. Um, Kevin, what do you think of Ramsey? Yep, I I agree with Mark. It's uh, for us, the debt's too high and the return on equity and the return on capital is too low. Um, And the stability of earnings growth is too low. The earnings have been dipping and going up, you know, a bit. But, yeah, the stability is just not there for us. It is one that we followed... uh, quite a long time ago, um, and then when Paul Ramsey left, mm. uh, you know, a number of the uh, characteristics that we look for reversed. So when the founder left, and that sort of underlines our, one of our themes, that when the founder leaves, you, you, you look closely at the company and watch it carefully. 
Yep. Um, okay. And for us, okay. this is one of those where that happened. And I agree. ResMed, CSL, as Howard said, ResMed, uh, Fisher and Paykel, uh, CSL. One of our team invest members actually got in on the float of CSL. He, he was involved in, the, in building their uh, fractionation plant. Um, yeah. So, so that was and he's living in Monaco. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be it'd be worth it'd be worth the holiday to, to, to avoid the capital gains tax. Oh blimey! Yeah. He's sitting on a bucket there, is he? Ooh. All right, Kevin. Uh, next talk. Stefan wants a view on Virgin Money. Um, used to be owned by the National Australia Bank, of course. Uh, they hived it off. Uh, currently part of Clydesdale and Yorkshire Bank comes under the Virgin money brand, so they're UK banks. Um, is it an alternative to the Australian banks? Um, well, not really, <laughs> not okay. for us. I mean, yeah, the, the, stability, the stability is low of earnings. Uh, and now in a business like this, you know, debt to equity is high, but in a business like this, you, you sort of have to say, well, is it a bank in which case the debt is not relevant? Um, but certainly the return on equity and capital is low. Um, yeah, and I would say that pretty much sums it up for yeah. us, really. Yeah. They're at a P of six, which is low, but then, you know, uh, you wouldn't, you don't buy on low PE alone, I don't no. think. No, no. I, I've fallen into the trap of buying on low PE alone with this stock a while ago, and it's, yeah, as the earnings instability is meant for a rocky ride. Um it has a, it really has a habit of sort of luring you in and then something goes wrong But because mm. their business is ever-changing. Um, their digital, um, you know, their digital-led strategy looks really promising, um, but I've been a little bit burnt with this one in the past and I'd probably rather wait and wait and see um, and, and because I've been lured, as I said, I've been lured in before um, on promises and it doesn't doesn't necessarily convert. Um, I much prefer judo and um, if you're going to go for a smaller bank here at the moment um, uh, or look, I mean, it's just the standard answer, CBA and, and Macquarie, but yeah. we're, um, we're, we're sort of sitting in those banking hybrids at the moment rather than the banks themselves. Yeah. And um, with a view to, yeah, we'll, we'll probably start to, to yeah. buy a little bit lower in, uh, in CBA, you know, those well-capitalised banks. But CET ratio is 15, which is better than th- mm. all of them, all of the uh, big four except for CBA. Um, and then net interest margin is pretty good as well. So... Okay. Yeah, it just it it yeah that instability can really throw you. So you you want to be committed for at least twelve months on this one. It's not it's not okay. a, it's not one that um, you can just find right. yourself out of the money real quick. Okay, all right. And our final stock is um, Connor wants a view, Mark, on Warley, the uh, the big engineering and um, uh, services. Uh, company for construction management, oil, gas, mining, um, uh, 50,000 staff, 50 countries. Yes. And mining services. Yeah, and, and, and increasingly going to renewables, so right. which is a much higher margin for them as well. Yeah, okay. So PE is a little bit difficult at the moment, but forward PE is around about 20. Um, EPS growth in the last year has been about 100%. Um, I, yeah, we it's a pretty complex business they do mm. uh, but with this shift they are sort of a global leader in 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 these renewable services in infrastructure services so mm. uh, 85% of their clients have got net zero scope um, and their pipeline um, 
you know, basically the sustainability, the, it increases the CAGR from like 50 to 78% or something like that. So when they, when they add the sustainability part to it, so the margins just increase massively. Um, a lot of productivity and efficiency increases over the last year as well. So, but because there's so many contracts, it's, 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 a, mm. it's a difficult one sometimes. Um, we sold this, oh, regrettably, but about 13 or 14 bucks a while ago, and I've wanted to get back in ever since. But right. it's sort of, um, yeah, it's it's pretty good company. Um, 3% yield, but it, um, yeah, look, I, it's pretty Too high. high it's it's pretty high at the moment, but, you know, if it got anywhere back to, towards 15, I'd probably be looking at it because mm. on a long-term basis, these guys are the absolute market leaders in rolling out the energy transition mm-hmm. and they're, well, you know, they're the mining... Mining services equivalent to the renewable industry, basically. Okay. So, so back around fifteen, you'd look. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, Kevin. Yeah, not really for us. Um, we we don't, as you'd know, in Team Invest, we don't uh, we don't look at the story. Uh, you know, we wait we wait for the story to uh, make itself known, uh, and they don't have the return on equity that we like. They're very low at the moment, and the return on capital. Uh, and the earnings stability, the uh, stability of earnings is is low as well, is too below our expectations. So, not for us just yet. I mean, if it does become very strong in the um, renewables, and if it does produce more profits and you know stabilizes, then maybe it'll it'll be one of ours. But yes, you're right. It's a very large. A company with a long history and very acquisitive history. They tend to acquire a lot along the way as well, right. um, which is often very difficult because it, 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 you know, acquisitions don't always or very often don't sort of show the promise in the end that they uh, they uh, had hoped to begin with. Okay. I did a, an interesting exercise. Total shareholder return for the last fifteen years on this one is minus one point two percent per annum. Right. Um, Whereas if you look at JB Hi-Fi, we were talking about earlier, same year, same period, it's been 12.5%. Okay. All right. Good uh, good comparison. All right. Uh, let's recap the final five stocks. Uh, Serco, uh, a no from both uh, Kevin and Mark. Uh, prefer corporate travel or flight centre if you're um, um, going into that sector. Uh, JB Hi-Fi, uh, a buy from Kevin, a no from Mark because... Um, of the fears that the landing in the economy is going to be a lot sharper than, a lot tougher than everybody thinks. Uh, Ramsey Healthcare, a no from both. Both prefer ResMed and CSL in that sector. Virgin Money, a no from both. If you want smaller um, financial uh, stocks, uh, Mark suggested Judo uh, and Worley, a no from both, but Mark would be interested if it dropped uh, around $15, as we saw on the ticker then, it's at sixteen seventy-five at the moment. Uh, Kevin Roberts from Team Invest, good to see you, mate. Enjoy the weekend. Likewise, Mike Gardner from NPC Markets. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you. Uh, that's our show for today. Look, if you've got any stocks you want me to put to our expert panel, uh, go to osbiz.co slash picks. You can list them there. And when you list the stocks, if you've got a question, um, for the panel. We always love it. Uh, or if you want to boost the stock of why you're in it and why you think it's being ignored, uh, put that as 
part of the entry as well. Uh, or you can uh, tweet us using the at TV handle. Stick around, more of Ausbiz after this. The Pulse is next. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.